Welcome to the Green Zone Podcast, the show that teaches oil and gas executives how to take command of their finances and live in the green. Your host, Jeff Green from Green Financial Group, will be your financial guide, all while giving you a tour of the most beloved and best kept secret spots around Houston, Texas. Now, on to the show. The tears, the tissues, the diplomas awarded as the graduates cross the stage. Yes, it is graduation season. But is your graduate set up for financial success? Studies show kids are not getting a financial education in school. Will they know what to do once they're on their own? Actually, will they be on their own or will you still be helping them? This is the Green Zone where Jeff Green and Lauren Smith can share your pain. Yeah, there will be no tears nor tissues when I see my kid walk across that stage. <laughs> I know. If there are tears, we just tears of joy. Thank God he's off the payroll. <laughs> no, so this is this is a topic kind of near and dear to me. I've got an incoming senior at UT and then an incoming freshman at UT. Got another boy, but he's in high school. But so we're gonna have two in college. And I kind of feel sorry for these kids coming out. You know, I, my oldest, his name's Vincent. And, you know, he has some has some direction, but doesn't quite know, I think, everything that he wants to do. And I think he has this false sense that he's going to be starting at the top. I mean, I think, I think everybody does. <laughs> um, and that's not quite the case. And you know what, Patrice, you're so right. I have not seen one school course, high school, college, that teaches you how to balance a checkbook, yeah. maybe pay your taxes, look at a 1040 EZ. I and mean, the is, you know, with all, these the fun, kids, all the important things in life. <laughs> yeah, all the these, fun things. They don't even see the numbers listed down. They, they just use the debit cards or whatever. There's no checkbook. There's no, there's no catharsis in writing a check. Yeah. You know what? They don't even use email. They just text. You ever notice that? Yes. Weird. <laughs> <They don't> even, <laughs> I think it's just our generation that uses emails. Our, our generation? Well, my, mine and Patrice's, not, not really. Wait a minute. Our generation? Email. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> okay, never mind. Anyway, back to. So, anyway, I wanted to just maybe send out a. This, this is our, these aren't like revelations or anything like that. Just some tips, reminders to help remind us all about our kids when they come out of college. And, you know, just kind of a frame of mind, really. And the first is, to my mind, is where are you going to live, right? You know, you've been living in this dorm your whole life, or maybe an apartment, or maybe you rent, maybe mine rents a house with five other guys, four or five other guys in Austin. And so when you come out of of college, hopefully you've got some kind of job lined up. Let's just, let's assume. I mean, a lot of people don't, though. Let's a lot see. you don't. So maybe you go back home, right? Maybe mm-hmm. you live back home with mom and dad. There's some perks to that. Maybe you get a good meal or two now and then, right? But I think it's only fair that they start maybe paying rent. Interesting. It doesn't it's absolutely, have to be, that's absolutely fair. That is. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be an exorbitant amount, but something, some sort of skin in the game to make them realize, hey, you know, life ain't free and you're going to have to start working for a living. I mean, and if they're not, then it's going to be a very rude awakening when they actually are moving out and paying rent somewhere. Because rent, I mean, if you're living in a big city like Houston or Austin, rent rent ain't cheap. Rent's not cheap. And, and you know, and that's, and by the way, that's a great point. Let's say you do rent uh, an apartment or something. You've had roommates for the past four years, right? So maybe find a roommate, help, help, help cover some rent. Yeah, split bills. You know, one thing my parents did when I was in college that I think really helped me understand bills and payments and you know, rent has to be paid on the first. If it's not, 
you're gonna be in some trouble. You might not be living there for much longer. So I was fortunate enough to have my parents help me out financially when I was in college. And, you know, they would deposit the money in my account. And then I was responsible for paying off my credit card. I was responsible for writing the check to the landlord every month. We were, you know, it wasn't a time where they had credit card payments for landlords. We'd write a check and we'd mail it to them on the 25th of the month before. So we'd get it on the first. And that just set me up in such a pattern for, you know, okay, this is how I pay a credit card. This is when the credit card is due. And, you know, I would, I worked and babysat and nannied and, you know, had some income of my own coming in. And so that would all go in the bank account so that when I use my little credit card for some things here and there, you know, I had the money to pay for it, but it got me in the pattern of paying it myself, pay the bills. which I thought was so helpful instead of my parents going and paying it for me. But it also got you a credit uh, credit history. It did. And to, that's been that's a, yeah. to rent someplace, you need that credit history. I know. Great point, Patrice. And, and to that point, you know, giving a child a credit card, I say a child, a college student, a credit card, not a bad idea, because that also helps create a, a credit history, like you say. And if you, let's say you've bought them a vehicle, maybe consider there's some ramifications, pros and cons, put it in their name, but have them start paying the, the note on that car. Mm-hmm. And you can get credit cards for kids and put limits on it. Believe me, I had a credit card for emergencies only, and there was a very hard, like $250 limit. I can see you yeah. needing a limit. I've seen you shop. <laughs> so, I mean, there was a very hard limit, but I mean, it had all like the end of my high school years and into my college years of building credit. So, I mean, once I graduated from college, I had this great credit score and I really kind of had done nothing for it. So it was a nice way to start the real world off on the right foot. And I think it's also important to, to teach our, our children, our, I, I say our children, you know, these college age kids coming out of school, you know, a sense of savings, how to save, what do you, how do you, how do you save? what do you know what to save? And I think a good rule of thumb in the beginning is take 10%. of whatever you earn, you put it aside. Like it does not exist. And you start saving. $1,000 saved is $1,000 earned. And if you want a vacation, you know, later on in the summer or something sometime, you've got some cash put aside. And we talked about apps in a recent show. And I wanted to to bring up this app, Acorns. I think it's a phenomenal app. You can hook it to your, tie to your credit card, your debit card, your checking account. And have have you heard of Acorns? Patrice? No, I haven't. I mean, the ones off the tree, yeah, but not the app. So the app, <laughs> the tree, not the app. Yep. <laughs> so the app allows you to, to tie your accounts up oh. to this Acorns app. And yeah. let's say you go somewhere and you spend $9.25. Well, it always rounds up. So it'll take 75 cents, right? And put that into an investment vehicle. And I think that is a phenomenal, like, it may seem like, seem like nothing, mm-hmm. but you're doing this mm-hmm. for years. You're that, that 75 cents, you know, every purchase that you make adds up yeah. and it goes right into an investment account. I think Acorns is a great, great app. Is that A-C-O-R-N-S or is it a? a... Yes. A-C-O-R-N-S. Okay. So what else, Lauren, what else do these kids need to know? I mean, I think you're talking about saving and I think just saving in general, if you've got kids that are now starting their first job. I think the importance of, you know, let me give you a little scenario. So let's say you start saving $90 a week from your first job at age 25 and just say a hypothetical, you invest it 7% return over the next 40 years. When you retire at 65, 
that's ninety dollars a week will be worth a million dollars. So that's great. Wow. You know, start at age twenty five. Yeah, ninety bucks a week. Just take it automatically out of your paycheck. Just get it somewhere where it's forgotten about, and it's not even you're, it's not coming into your checking account. You're wanting to spend it. Just have it on autopilot to get out of there. But if you wait, let's say till thirty five, so now you're doing it ten years later you'll have to contribute $190 a week Big difference. to get that same million dollars at age 65. Yeah, that's, that's powerful yeah. stuff right there. So the power of starting early, and you know, I mean, I, I've got quite a ways to go before retirement. So it's hard for me. I mean, I'm not necessarily practicing what I preach in this exact example because it's hard for me to save knowing that, oh, I've got all these years to start saving. But when you look well, at numbers like this, it really... Right. So that's the exact frame of mind that you don't want to take. Exactly. And, and, and I think, you know, thanks for pointing that out because I think that's important because I think all kids will look at it that way. Like, I've got all this time. I know. You know, but, you know, the, the power of compound interest is a very, very powerful thing. And it's crazy for me because even though I do this day in, day out, seeing examples like this and actually visualizing like, oh, wow, 90, if I had just $90 a week at age 25, I'm already, you know, Almost ten years behind on that little. Yeah, you guys are gonna start putting like thousand dollars a week. I know. Yeah. If yeah. I ever, if I ever plan to retire, you're getting way behind. I know. How much are you saving a week? <laughs> I'm this all outgo here. Uh, I got two kids in college. Anyway, so the other thing I wanted to talk about was debt. Right now that you're talking about my situation, let's just talk about debt because there's some good debt and there's some bad debt. Here's an example of bad debt. Your kid has a credit card. He goes out to the club, goes to the bar, buys a bunch of drinks, buys the house around of drinks, right? He's Mr. Big Time, got a job. I can see my kid doing this, this is why I bring it up. That's called YOLOing. He's YOLOing. That's right, YOLOing. <laughs> yeah, can't forget that. And so then you get the credit card bill at the end of the month and you can't pay it off. The first credit card bill that you get that you cannot pay off in full, that's a sign that you're spending too much. That's called bad debt. Because you're paying interest on the dinner that you just had, the drinks that you just had, or maybe the clothes you bought or whatever. Very, very bad debt. I mean, I think the lesson you teach there is that you never spend more on the credit card than you have to pay it off with. Exactly. Right? You know, the point, it's great to have credit cards. You can start building up travel points and hotel points and cash back. There's tons of rewards. It's a great practice to get into. I know I've had some friends that have just been working off debit cards until, you know, about the last year. And every time they'd pull out that debit card, I would kind of reprimand them for it because you're missing out on some opportunity. And there's some, you know, 0% fee credit cards that give you some great rewards. But I think the lesson needs to be, don't ever spend more than you have in that bank account available to pay it off. Exactly. You Especially because if, in a if you look at the interest mess. rates on those credit cards, they are astronomical in many They're cases. crazy. It's so you're buying in the very fine print that yeah. no one ever wants yes. you to know. 21%-ish? Yeah. What are they, right. Patrice? I mean, they're up there. You buy a piece of clothing or you say you use it for groceries. You pay for the groceries. And if you don't pay off that card, that bunch of, of ground beef over there actually costs you a lot more than you thought it cost. Those burger patties you made last week <laughs> right. are costing you for a long time. Yeah. You know, another thing that I think is important to talk to kids about that are graduating and starting their first job is just the company 401k and what opportunity that provides them with. You know, if companies are matching, it's really important to know that number, how much they're matching so that you can take advantage of that opportunity that, you know, might not be around forever, might only be available at this current job. There's a, you know, if it's available, you want to take advantage of it. Yeah, max it out. You're talking about the, you know, compound saving, right? Compound interest and, and saving over time. 
you do that on a pre-tax basis because that's what yeah. your 401ks yeah. are. So, they, so that, that money is getting put, put away pre-tax and then growing tax deferred. That just, ex, you know, it's an exponential component to that, that compound interest over time. And it's kind of nice that you really can't get into it till you're 59 and a half because that way it's it's there for savings and it's there for retirement. I mean, there are some caveats and ways you can get money out penalty free, but you know, it's a good way to just put it aside and know that that is earmarked for retirement in the future. Yeah. And so you know, I mentioned debt. I want to get only the, I mentioned the bad debt. There is some good debt. And the good debt, in my opinion, is that of say a mortgage, a house. You want to buy a house. Maybe you're fortunate enough. You know, you've worked a few years, whatever the case may be, and you've got you've got a down payment for a new house. Well, that debt is, I think, should be considered good debt. If you were fortunate enough to get the low interest and in, you know low interest rates like the environment that we're in right now, great. But paying off a mortgage, so that's an asset, right? And and that asset, unlike the drinks and like you know the the hamburger patties that we had, that's perishable. Or the clothing, that's not going up in value. But your home hopefully is going to be heading up in value. And that is a good debt to have. That is an asset. So paying debt on an asset is not a bad thing. That's a good point. Very good point. And another, I guess, non-financial thing I want to talk about that such, I think you hear about it a lot is networking and just the importance of, you know, it's not, you don't go into networking with the, what can this person do to me? Well, I mean, the, uh, the, I, I would think the, these kids are master networkers with their face chatting and snap booking and all that stuff they do. Snap I don't think booking. that's the right kind of networking. <laughs> the idea of networking is to really, you know. Make those work connections. Yes. And get to know someone. And then over time, you don't know what that could evolve into. So do something productive like on LinkedIn or something. Yeah, that's great. Take every opportunity as a chance to learn from the person you're with. You know, whether it be you sit next to someone on an airplane and try to pick their brain, who knows? You might end up with a job. You could, never know. <laughs> yeah, so the good stuff. So networking, I think, is good. And you know what? You can, and, and what my son has done for me and, and his friends, they've kind of, they've, they've kind of drawn off their, their parents, you know, their friend's parents, for example. Like I've had, you know, some of Vincent's buddies reach out to me for different things and I've tried to help them all along I can. And Vincent, my oldest, has, has done the same thing with his friend's parents. If, you're, if you have friend's parents who are in the field that you want to be in, reach out to them. They're, they're going to be more than willing to help you. And that could help you figure out maybe that isn't the field you want to be in. Yeah, you know, be. there's some things that look glamorous. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, when you actually figure out what the day-to-day in that career looks like, it might not be for you. Yeah, absolutely. So just a few tips, Patrice, out there for, you know, it's it's May, so they're graduating. There's nothing you can do about it. Uh, so maybe <laughs> teach them a little thing or two. But as you said, it's a good feeling, too, sometimes. They're getting out. That it is. That it is. But you're right. I, I really wish we had a better financial education system in our schools for these kids. But the parents, guardians, it's up to you now. And that's Jeff Green and Lauren Smith of Green Financial Group. Do your homework. Subscribe to every new episode of The Green Zone. Comment and like. We want to hear from you. I'm Patrice Sikora, and let's talk again later. Thank you for listening to The Green Zone podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Green Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. 
Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. Green Financial Group is not a registered broker or dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. Jeff Green is the founder of Green Financial Group and is a registered principal of RJFS. The Green Financial Group is located at 6363 Woodway Drive, Suite 625, Houston, Texas, 77057, and can be reached at 713-244-3030. Raymond James is not affiliated with and does not endorse the opinions or services of his guests.